If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie.
Welcome to Men's Choir Sunday from Mayflower Congregational United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. At Mayflower, this is a Sunday set apart. It is Men's Choir Sunday, which we look forward to with great anticipation every year. For as it has been said, those who sing pray twice. We are grateful for the direction of Robert Lintner and our own Clint Williams, as well as for the talent of the men's ensemble that is so generously sharing their time and talent with us. Please join me now in expressing our gratitude for their presence among us this morning. Their strongest hopes are that the power of song draws us more deeply into the presence of God and strengthens our bond as a beloved community. Anyone, writes Marilyn McIntyre, who has taken walks with small children knows that getting there is not the point. They stop and squat down, they smell plants, they laugh at dog poop, they pick up bugs, they drop the pebble they've been carrying, start to look for it, and find a feather instead. The feather turns out to be so satisfactory that they forget about the pebble. And where you end up, which may or may not be where you thought you were going, turns out to be the place you were going all the time. Goal-oriented adults have to work hard to retrieve the habits of mind and heart I'm describing, the unself-conscious playfulness that will stop over anything and take an interest, the openness to noticing the random and irrelevant, indeed to retrieve the basic attitude that nothing is random or irrelevant. So this morning, let us open our hearts and minds to wandering, to taking the long way, to not checking the time, to trusting that we will get where we need to go by the time that the last note fades. Let us begin this journey together with our call to worship. The Apostle Paul urged the church to be filled with the Holy Spirit as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God. As we gather as a beloved community, we drop our defenses, relax our shoulders, and commit to opening ourselves to the Spirit. Indeed, we give thanks to God for this time together, for the gifts of singing about hope and longing the already and the not yet. As we respond to the melody that floats in the air and the song in our hearts, draw us deeper into wonder that it might become a way of life. Amen. The desire for safety and sanctuary is not entirely separable from the desire for beauty. The church is a dwelling place. It is in a sense, some of us have yet to experience most fully our home. It is where we come into community with people we didn't choose, 
but where we work out our differences and extend hospitality. The church is also a place where we are invited to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to worship in the beauty of holiness, as the proverb says. This last phrase is disputed by scholars and translators. Some of it, believe, they believe, refers to God's own beauty and splendor, and others believe it refers to the beauty and splendor of the priestly garments that are to be worn in the house of God. What both translations suggest is that worship calls us to turn our attention to what is beautiful. Paul instructed the Philippians, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It is not an invitation to avoid the hard or dark or complicated business of working out our peace with each other in a world of violence and conflict, but rather to attend to what is true and beautiful even in the midst of violence and conflict. The church is where we may encourage one another to do just that church is where we can create beauty together, something that will sustain us long after we leave each other's presence. One of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard to the human need for beauty was in the concentration camp at Dachau, where a display case held tin cups and plates that prisoners in that living hell had bothered to decorate, etching designs with nails to beautify them for use in secret acts of resistance. Surely their humbling example is something to learn from. Beauty matters, especially in beloved community. Recognizing it, creating it, finding in it a kind of sanctuary from the world and its hardships, a kind of comfort and assurance that what is altogether lovely has not perished from the earth, and that because that is true, all that is lovely is ours to celebrate and cherish. Oh.
what is music of the church? What music is appropriate music to be offered to God and to be used as part of a service? 24 years ago, my first voice professor pitched that to me and said, you'd better get an answer together, buddy, because you're going to be answering this question for the rest of your career. (laughs) And I chose where two or three are gathered, because as we know, the remainder of the verse is, I am in the midst of them also. And so when we decide what's appropriate, and when we think about what music makes the most sense, you know at Mayflower, it could be absolutely anything in the world. If you've been here more than twice, you know you might have heard it on the radio, you might have heard it from Gregorian chant in the 1050s, you might have heard it uh, from Bluegrass or from Dolly Parton or Johnny Cash or anybody else that has ever said anything important. Because that's really what it's about for us. As musicians, we try in every way we can to point to God. Sometimes it's a direct line. Sometimes it's a swirly line. Sometimes it it really provides more question than answer and more opportunity for you all to sit with it than others. And that is the entire goal. Every song that's ever been written has got a story and a context around it. And when we sing something or play something that's been sung or played before, we enter into the history of that piece. We become part of it and we bring it to life as musicians. And if you're wondering what it takes to be a musician, look to your left and look to your right and then look in your own heart because the answer is every one of us. And when we have opportunities to sing, you get to enact that same time capsule that we get to. And you get to unearth everything that makes a piece what it is and help us to contemplate the most serious questions that have ever been asked and the best answers that we've been able to come up with so far. And everybody who is part of the human family has got a stake in that and, is, and can lay claim to that. It is the inheritance of us all. We hope that the music blesses you today. (laughs) For it has certainly blessed us.
many of us, the words to that last song came on their own. The 23rd Psalm is one of the most comforting in all of scripture, words that have been proven to be true over and over again. They are a gift, these words. Someone else whispered, someone else wrote down, someone else repeated. We find ourselves in a long line of faithful sinners and saints, inheritors of words that have been passed down to us from generation to generation. Just as those who came before us, we interpret scripture for our time, trusting that those who come after us will do the same. So let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Creator, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For you reign in the power that is love, now and always. Amen. Let us pray together. It's the first Sunday of the month, Holy One. We've turned the calendar page, in theory, sort of, okay, not really. We confess to having some difficulty letting go of July. Mistakes were made, tempers were lost, relationships were broken, dreams died. Things we thought would last forever ended in quiet desperation. Plans were broken, unable to be put back together again, ever. We are simply not as far down the road as we thought we would be. We learned again that words hurt, sometimes worse than sticks and stones. And we have carried all of that with us into August, our hearts bound to all that was and wasn't as if tied to an anchor. We cannot go back and yet we are weighed down by so much we cannot go forward either. But as the poet Morgan Harper Nichols reminds us, July is now behind you, and the rest of August is now in front of you. And even here, there is still room for you to grow how you were meant to. With that in mind, help us use this moment to lean into the promise of Isaiah. The Lord will guide you always. The Lord will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Here's to letting August be August, Holy One. With hopeful hearts we pray. Amen.
The um, men's choir, as it started uh, back in 2006, uh, started with a quartet, and um, I believe uh, you came shortly after. I think Clint was about five. And, uh, uh, but anyway, we've had large groups, we've had small groups, we've had everything in between. All we like to do is make wonderful music, and we relax and get together. This second Sunday, I mean this first Sunday of August has always been the traditional time to gather and just have fun and sing and sing wonderful music. And I'm so very proud to be a part of that. And John was our first organist and has been with us all this time. We haven't made him too mad. So uh, we're very grateful to have him. And I want to say thank you to the choir who sings every year. Um, they share their t time and their talent and they're wonderful guys and just love to sing and just love to sing wonderful music. And um, I applaud you for that too. I tried to retire my services and give the torch to Clint, but he wouldn't take it. And, uh, and Laurie, thank you so, so much for Mayflower inviting us to sing. It is always a big pleasure of mine to be a part of this. I have, uh, actually, I usually don't talk very long. I try not to talk at all, to tell you the truth. But I do have a little bitty story to tell. One, one of the members of that very first quartet he and I went to uh, London for a short trip, and we decided to go to Yorkminster to, uh, to an even song. We didn't do our homework, and we wound up while the postlude was being played. So we were so disappointed because we wanted that grand, wonderful choir and wonderful music, and we disappointedly walked into the town square, if you will, and we found a tiny little church. We walked into that church. They were having a service. We turned the congregation into eight people. We were sitting on the back row. We started singing, and people turned around and, and uh, because we weren't shy of singing. And it just made me realize that, you know, no matter how big the church is, how small the church is, how grand it can be, Worshiping God in your own way with two people, yourself, with thousands, is all the same. And it's so wonderful to be a part of this and singing the praises, and thank you for the invitation.
will go with a word of blessing and then we will turn and face each other so that we can sing each other out into the world. May God grant us the grace to never sell ourselves short, the courage to risk something big for something good, and the wisdom to know that the world is too small for anything but love. So let us go in peace, pray for peace, wage a little peace, and love one another, every single other. Amen. been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 10 a.m with Sunday school classes for all ages at 9 a.m. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.